Welcome to the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of 1900 Hot Dog. I am Books' Robert Brockway, and with me, as always, is everything else's Sean Baby. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. And the wonderful Lydia Bug. Thank you for having me. Hi. It's so, always nice to have you. So to get right into it, how <laughs> much did you love Red Sonia, the subject of today's podcast? So much. It's my favorite of the trilogy, for sure. Really? <laughs> I, I think my enjoyment of these films was inverse to how popular they were. Yeah. So the far, world so strongly far, yes. disagrees with all your choices, yeah. Yeah. But, but what I, they really, know? I really didn't see it. I really didn't see it coming from Red Sonia. I loved it. Yeah. I, I love the queen. I love the evil queen. I loved yeah. everything about her. I loved my. I watched it with my husband, which also might be part of why I enjoyed it. Because the others I just kind of watched alone, and this one I had like someone to bounce stuff off of, and mm-hmm. just the idea of her having like this big gay army and these like leather daddy outfits yeah. <laughs> was amazing. And you you didn't find that to be a problem? No, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Red Sonja is basically built on problems and written by madmen uh, and executed poorly by like disinterested like artists. It's a giant pile of trash. <laughs> now, my favorite in a part, good way. Sometimes I'm sorry. I should. I yeah, should sure. No, of course. But uh, my favorite part of this, and why why I I told you for this film for for each Conan film, I I have told you Lydia. To not expect, you will never expect what happens in the direction it takes. Oh, God, and, uh, yeah. This was the um, penultimate of that. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying because, well, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, no, go ahead. I, I'm it, here to get your thoughts. I, I want to hear it, it's from a, like a fresh perspective. I, Maybe the first fresh perspective in 30 years. Uh, so, okay. Uh, what I'm thinking this movie, I'm waiting the entire movie for Kalidor to be revealed as Conan. Right. Um, and I'm waiting and waiting, and it never happens. Conan, this is a Conan movie that does not have Conan in it. Right. <laughs> right. It's a. Uh, they scrambled the cast. It's still a Conan movie because this is still the Hyborian age. Uh, mm-hmm. It still has a lot of the characters and certainly the themes of it. It came out, I believe, just a year after Conan the Destroyer. So, like, pretty much a direct spinoff slash sequel. Right. And it does not have Conan in it. It does have all of, well, not all of it. It has a lot of the cast of the movies. For example, I, I did you realize, she spends the whole time in a mask, did you realize that the evil queen was Valeria from the first movie? Only because I Googled it after and I read that she was offered Red Sonia but said, no, I want to be the queen, which I was like, right. that's exactly what I would do. That was such a good move <laughs> because the queen's the best part. <laughs> I and, like uh, that after, after three years, she still hasn't learned how to act. So that she's supposed to be this evil queen, like this arch sort of attitude. And she's like, I am reading the line. <laughs> but it works. It works it for was. me. I love as it. Just a ma- she comes across as such a maniac because, again, the, the reading is just so wild and erratic for like yes. an evil person. It just seems like somebody who's happy to be there. And we're like s- We're skipping way ahead here, but I do love how her like main vizier like figures out like, you're going to blow up the whole fucking world. This is not going to work out. And so he's like, he's bailing At on the her. last he's, minute. Yeah. He's like, no, this is not going to work. You're going to blow up the whole world. And she hears this and she just starts like doing a cartoon laugh. She's like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love it so much. It's like, she's never even she reads, seen it before. 
She reads the words ha so many times. Ha ha ha. <laughs> she's probably really proud of it. Later she bragged, I got every ha exactly as written in the We are script. skipping literally, literally to the end of the movie. Right. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk some uh, Red Sonja facts. Uh, this was made in 1985. Uh, well, released in 1985. And it lost $10 million. Uh, it was... Uh, it came out the same day as Back to the Future to give you an idea of the quality of things it was up against. Oh, wow. And both the writers who worked on this basically never worked in movies again. <laughs> uh, the director who directed it basically never directed another movie. Uh, and it is widely credited with killing the entire genre of sword and sorcery. Like It's the- not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty. You bad. were allowed to have fun with it. I, it's so much fun. I yeah. I will watch it again tonight if I if I can. But uh, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite bad. There are some. There's some charm to it. It's bad in a charming way sometimes. The sets are awesome. Uh, there's some standout performances, of course. Now, there's a lot of nice things you can say about Red Sonia, but uh, it did. I, I sort of looked it up uh, just using Google to see how true that was. And the year after this came out. Uh, Labyrinth came out, but of course that had probably been in production for four or five years at least. And then the year after that, He-Man and the Princess Bride came out. Now that's probably the tail end of all the movies that were in production at the time. Red Sonja killed the genre. So after that, Willow came out. And I don't think Willow did anything to turn people's opinions around about this genre. And, and also how many years was it between them? Those were These are bang, bang, bang. So Labyrinth, then He-Man, Princess Bride, and then Willow. So Willow was what, 1988? And then it was like 10 years later, we got that dragon movie with Sean Connery. And that's like, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's like things like Deathstalker 3 and other things that would like, they were out there. Like there were still people making these movies, but for very low budgets to the appeal of no one. And Right. uh, The the first two, I know the second one didn't do as well, but the first two were still huge hits. It was, it was very much like. In the, in the mainstream culture, and it was in theaters right. everywhere. You would go see a fantasy movie in the theaters. Yeah. And that did not happen again for a long time. Yeah, before this, they had Sword of the Sorcerer, Neverending Story, Dark Crystal, Ator the Blade Master. Everyone remembers Ator. But, uh, the Blade Master. Sure. Yeah, he yeah, was the, blade the master yeah. of the blade. Uh, but then, yeah, this killed the genre. I bet you could probably name the, the movie that brought it back and the year. If you're a super nerd. Uh, Lord of the Rings 2001? Nailed it. Mm. And then, and now the Shit, world. Shit, I'm a super nerd dude. That was, super nerd. So that was a That's trap. A super nerd yeah. It was a super nerd trap. I didn't know. I'm too cool. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I can explain, I think, this is my theory, and I, I think it's pretty sound, why, even if you don't think it was that bad of a movie, why everybody was so mad at it. And I want you to imagine... <laughs> that the new Fast and the Furious movie comes out, right? It comes out next year, let's say. Mm-hmm. And you know that they mess with the titles a lot. So this one's called, this one's just FF. It's just just two Fs. And you're like, okay, you're playing with the title. I get it. Yeah. So you see the trailer. All your favorite characters are there. The racing cars. It's the whole thing. And then you get to the theater and you go in. And, okay. The credits start rolling. They're racing their cars. It's great. It's great. I love to watch the fast boys go fast. And then they get to Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel's still in this movie. <laughs> yes. It's Dom, right? <laughs> then the credits pop up and it says Vin Diesel as... 
Gary Blufus. Like, <laughs> well, in the Wait, whole what? movie, they're calling him Gary Blufus too. Right. And you're like, why and you're are like, they yeah, calling him Gary reveal Blufus? Himself. Well, he's doing like a ruse. Yeah. He's pretending to be Gary Blufus, but it's really dumb. And yeah. at the end, he will reveal himself. He holds and up his not... driver's license that says Gary Blufus. And it's not. And he's From also Cincinnati. not really in the movie. He's a guest star. Right. He comes in a couple times in the movie. And also, they're all going to kill. I, I don't know who's who's another actor in it. Paul, uh, say Paul Walker's still alive. Paul Walker's now the bad guy. Right. So you're going after one of the main characters from the first movie. You would never be prepared for the scramble, and they they didn't do a good job, an intentionally bad job of prepping the scramble. Like the trailers just lots of Arnold, lots of sword and sorceries. Mm-hmm. People went in there and had no idea that this was not. A Conan movie, technically. Yeah, it's just yeah. like and it's such a wild move. Mess. I would it's argue that this move. this character is super duper not Conan too. Like it's the same actor and he's kind of dressed the same, but it's he does some real non Conan moves. Like this character yeah, is. You think Calador is dressed the same <laughs> in well, his? Yeah. I don't in his red velvet jumpsuit, though, right? he looks like, like Conan at a wedding to me. Like he he looks it looks like something Conan would wear for like to a disco wedding. Yeah, I thought Your he red looked... velvet jumpsuit with sequin lapels. It, it's so much better though. Like I was like, oh, he's actually kind of <laughs> handsome in this. Like they put pants on him, and I was like, yeah. you know what? I think yeah, I get up. it. Okay, yeah, he's got a little like he's got a hairdo going. <laughs> Yeah, like, I like the headband, I like the vest, I liked all of it, and I thought, if this is Conan, it's a much more refined, older Conan, he's no longer, Mm -hmm. like, a wheel idiot, he is thinking about stuff, which is weird, but maybe he's supposed to be older, and I thought maybe it was supposed to be, like, a decade or two from the last movie to this one, and so he's, like grown up and i don't know and we don't know what conan looks like or how conan ages or how aging works in that world or at least i don't so i was (laughs) like it could this could be conan at like 50 or something i don't know i love it because that's the exact same like thought process and sequence of denials (laughs) that the audience would have used when they were watching this originally too right they didn't realize at the end no no it's not i've been tricked now speaking of tricked this uh this is a real fact that has uh, probably gone through 30 years of rumoring, so who knows how real it is. But uh, supposedly Arnold is supposed to be there for a cameo, and he shows up, and he's like friends with the producer, Dino De Laurentiis, and he's like, yeah, I just need you for the week, Arnold. And it turns into a month-long shoot, and then they basically trick him into being the movie. He thought he was just going to show up to be like, hey, hey, wink, remember me? But no, they like turned him into the co-star sort of against his will with tricky editing. And Co-star? And, yeah, in foreign markets, this is actually just called like the Calador movie or whatever he's called in Italy. And Red Sonia is very secondary to this Conan guy. So In U.S. markets. Too. Yes. Yeah. And, and he's, so he's got he, uh, top billing. He's first introduced in the movie. Uh, that's his, true. his credits, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in huge letters. And then after that, and introducing right. Brigitte Nielsen as Red Sonia. He's enormous on the cover. He's on all the posters. He's. Yeah. He's the biggest guy. Uh, yeah, he got top billing. I, I heard, again, just like you said, the, the rumor mill. But I heard that he specifically requested second billing because he didn't want this to be... He had you know, so little input in this. He didn't want it to be like, this is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Mm-hmm. He wanted it to be like, I'm just in this movie. Right. And then without his knowledge, they gave him top billing. And he was, he was super mad about it. I know he did 
have a quote somewhere along the lines of, uh, Red Sonja is the worst movie I have ever done. Right. Uh, anytime that's, my kids are out of line, I try to make them watch it as punishment. That's the first trivia on the Red Sonja IMDb trivia page is how yeah. star of the film says it fucking sucks. <laughs> that is so crazy to me. I don't think this is any worse than the last one, than Conan the Barbarian. At all. Universally reviled. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't disagree with you, Liddy. Uh, but... Watching it now uh, with fresh eyes, uh, I love Conan the Destroyer way more. Uh, if you would have asked me that before I rewatched them recently, I would have said, yeah, they're, they're equally bad or slash good. Uh, but this one also starts with some, some real problematic stuff. Like basically... Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, a, ghost, I, yeah. <laughs> a ghost just walks up and explains to Red Sonja her, or, her own origin story. Which it's the is, most exposition. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's the exposition fairy, and she's here to, <laughs> to grant you the gift of exposition. And it's How, bad, uh, but I also argue it could not be worse. Like, I don't think there's lazier writing than this in the history of no. literature to just have a ghost walk up and explain, like, the setup to the person who already knows it. And uh, the setup is the queen, uh, Sandy Bergman, she is uh, an evil lesbian who was trying to sexually assault Red Sonia. And Red Sonia's like, no, I'm not interested. So she slashes her in the face with a sword. And the queen sentenced her to uh, sexual assault and exile. Uh, and so... First minute and a half of the movie. Yes, this is all explained. They're, this is shown. Like, they're like, you know, we could just imply, but no, let's really sh- zoom in on Brigitte Nielsen's face. Well, yeah, so it's... It, it, the tone of the movie is dark, and I don't remember it being like that. I think we were like more easygoing about fictional sexual assault back in the day, and now you watch it, and you're like, oh, this is terrible. This makes me feel terrible things. Uh, so yeah, it starts off with a bad tone. Yeah, and, uh, it's weird that I saw that. It was just like, oh, cool, gay queen, gay army. I want to be in the gay army. That queen's awesome. <laughs> like, no, yeah, well, Everybody, bad. the reviewers, the reviewers at the time were very much like, you are painting homosexuality in an evil yeah. light with this movie. That's and you true. Trying, that was and like it, the it, take it, on it back then. And I've seen and, that and in so many movies, I guess that just I've become numb to it because all Disney villains are like kind of queer coded, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. I somehow. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason it's everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a problem with culture. It sure is, but it's also ubiquitous. Yeah. I guess it just stood out. And it's like, like, oh, and like, yeah, that is explicitly like kind of why she is bad. You're right. That they're like, yeah, I know they say like, your disgust at the queen, like coming after you was uh, right. evident. And that's why she yeah, got they, so mad. And then Red Sonia yeah, cuts you're her disgust face at and, this immoral act. It's very. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. That's not uh, and it hasn't aged into a problem because it's not one of those things we look back on with with new eyes and see like, oh, man, this was rough back then. Everybody, all the critics picked up on it and just universally. Yeah. So like, even by 1985 standards, they were like, this sucks. Don't do this. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> it's kind of bad. Mo- Again, it's it's lazy writing to say like, oh, here's a female character. What can we give her for a motivation? And you're like, maybe not revenge about the rape. I don't... <laughs> let's do, let's yeah, do a second maybe draft. Maybe that's the worst thing you could do. But we, yeah. to be fair, we also started with the worst writing you could with the exposition. Exactly. So, so it's just this, this lazy motivator. And I would argue uh, not very relevant to the movie. Like you're thinking, oh, cool, this is a revenge story. Like like a, a classic like lady-driven cowboy movie. Uh, I think there's a Raquel Welch movie that's kind of the exact same plot where like she gets assaulted and like gets her revenge. Or I spit on your grave, that kind of thing. So you're like, okay, I get this. 
But then she's just given a regular Dungeons and Dragons quest later in the movie anyway. Just It happens to be related to her revenge, but she, this is not a woman driven by revenge. In fact, what that did is just make it so she sort of doesn't trust men and hates everybody. And so you're well, like, she's driven by double revenge because they actually set up another revenge plot. That's true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they, they built a redundancy plot in that was much less problematic. Yeah, because <laughs> so the queen does kill her estranged cult sister. Anyway, let's, go, let's start going through the plot because we're going to have to jump around so much. You, you have to, uh, you've got to forgive us for getting distracted by that opening. It's, it's so crazy to jam it all right at the start and so many problems to just front load. Yeah. The movie. I would argue there's one more problem in that scene to start, which is that the exposition fairy also says, and I grant you the strength Ooh. of your sword arm that you will need. I love that. So that she doesn't like, she says she's not, doesn't have to be, it's all just granted to her. There's like zero agency. Yes, her goddess is so, so much better than Crom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the mist fairy here is just kicking Crom's ass. <laughs> we talk a lot of shit about Red Sonia's opening, but I think uh, maybe we're not ones to talk yeah the the opening is is crazy and and they take away that agency from her and then they they cut back to her training in a temple anyway so like i had to pause at that point and go look up did they add this opening after the fact to like oh right in the movie it seemed it seemed like it didn't belong in there at all because she has the origin story of i'm been training in this fighting pit no, you were granted, like, magical strength to do anything you wanted from sure. the Mist Fairy at the start. So, like, it's all just to take that agency away from her. And I would and argue the, that scene explains, like, her character anyway. Quinn's like, uh, that guy, like, tries to give her a hug. He's like, oh, cool, you're the master of the master now. Here's a hug. And she's like, no, 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 I don't hug. <laughs> and then the main master's like, no, 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 you must. Not all men. Hashtag not all men, Red Sonia. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> sucks. <laughs> And then uh, he kind of hits on her even. He's like, oh, man, I was 30 years younger. And it's just like, and I get it. Like, Red Sonja he, has never met somebody who didn't try to fuck her. But, like, it's a little weird already. But I'm saying that establishes what uh, her issues are. Like, everyone's trying to bang her, and she's not interested. And we didn't need the fairy to explain that. So it feels like that fairy was thrown in, like, later by... You know, a focus group. Who yeah, is like confused. she needs she needs more of a motivation. Um, what is the motivation for women? Oh, I know. Yeah. We'll just refilm uh, it and put it in there. Right. What makes women cranky? Let's see. What? What do? What do the women around me get cranky when I do? <laughs> oh, like, she doesn't even get to pick her sword. That that's that also bugged me. Is that she gets in there and then it like it whispers to her and she picks it and then it's right. not a magical sword. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's never a magical sword. store. Why did it? Why? How's it calling? It's just such. <laughs> it's such bad writing that someone's like, "Yeah, the sword calls to her," and they're like, "Oh, that means it literally calls to her, right?" Like, no, that's not really what it means. No, it's already in the script. Oh, I uh, thought that was the fairy like telling her what to do, or the ghost from the beginning, like you got to do. This yeah, it could have been yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, you're right. Some, there's something to it, but then that also implies like there's a special destiny for the sword. The sword never does anything Nothing. special. That that's not just her. Swinging a sword. It never has a power. It's just... Yeah. She has like four origin stories all at war with each other. <laughs> Again, we're just a few more minutes in the movie. So the other origin story she has is we cut to like... We cut to a big temple full of... Uh, I want to say like a tennis cult. Just like a real real yeah. country club cult full of all, all women. Sporty, all fancy models, ladies. Yeah. In, in chainmail panties and robes. Yeah, no and notes. Locking, no notes in the costumes. <laughs> 
I did think the costumes were all amazing in this movie. <laughs> Better than any the of the other The costumes were incredible. Yeah. <laughs> they were so good. I think costumes the and sets, 10 out of 10. Like, just... They were. The sets were really good, too. The sets were uh, were definitely one up on both Conan and Conan the Destroyer. Mm-hmm. They really had like some world building built into it. Oh, yeah. The helmets alone, just the most elaborate helmet work. Yeah, oh, I, I don't know, because the that last was, uh... movie, there was the guy with the double snake helmet. Or wait, was that the first? That was pretty... That was pretty good, but in yeah. this movie, there's a guy with like a skull who was wearing his own armor just on his helmet. That's true. That's he's got like a like a double helmet skull. Yeah, this movie, everyone has a mask is sort of a theme, and I don't think that was a artistic choice. I think it was a pragmatic choice so they could reuse stuntmen. Yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> it does look cool. It it ends up like working out. Well, speaking of the the skull helmet guys, uh, they they raid this temple when these uh. The country club cult is is locking away some sort of talisman by the god, perhaps like capital G god, right? who used it to create the world and also to end the world. And it's too powerful because it gets its power from light. So they're going to lock it in the darkness forever. Mm-hmm. But then Queen Gadron's evil forces show up. And this is the first time you see the, the vizier uh, mentioned earlier, who... It's just I don't know. Is it a Clint Howard vibe? What is what is his vibe that he's giving he's off? The, I mean, I, I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark so many times. I'm just like, yeah, that's a Nazi from Raiders of the Lost Ark. So like when it I see him, I'm like, yeah, he's did a Nazi. Not place that. <laughs> yeah, this movie had th- I think three Raiders of the Lost Ark villains because it has Pat Roach again, and then it has uh, Pat Roach again. The also, elf- just from Conan, also a role scramble right. from exactly, Conan. yeah. Yeah, I don't know what his uh, job was because he. I thought he was her Jafar, but then she had a Jafar later. So she had a better Jafar. Yeah, a way better Jafar. So it seemed like he, he was just her, like the opposite of a yes man who just went around and was like, "You have a bad plan. You're doing a bad job." <laughs> right. And I was like, "She should fire this guy." Yeah. <laughs> no, you qu- you can't fire him because he quits. <laughs> yeah. She should. Oh, have we fired keep skipping at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. It's hard not to jump around. Uh, so yeah, this scene is uh. It's kind of awesome. Like, they have a pretty pretty okay fight. I like how when the, the bad guys come and the lady's like, oh, sweet, get your swords ready. They're not like, oh, no, what do we do? They're like, ah, oh, we do this all yeah, the time. Let's fucking fight. Ass. They whip ass in that scene. Yeah, yeah and the only, uh, the only reason that uh, they were able to get him was because they ambushed him from two sides because they were, like, fully pushing him out, and then they brought in someone else behind, and I was like, wow, you knew you had to come prepared for the, uh, the priestesses ladies. Yeah. yeah, they got the blood rage. They just went after it, just snarling. The, the ladies, the actresses, were not afraid to get that fake blood all up in their faces too, and just yeah, really getting in there. And normally in you, WoW, you nice... they, they only would have cloth armor, so they would be real easy to kill. That's true. If the, but if... they had those chainmail panties. They kept trying to stab them in the ass, and it was like, ah, <laughs> oh, your one weakness. I can't get to it. Yeah, there's really no reason you, they shouldn't be wearing chainmail panties, right? Like, yeah, if, as priests, you can uh, you can wear chainmail. Yeah, everyone I mean, in that world should wear chainmail panties. Just an extra layer of protection. Funny I enough, argue Red to Sonya, the extent that we've seen. Red Sonia does not wear chainmail panties, and she quite famously has chainmail panties on in every other media. <laughs> <laughs> gave it, they gave it to everybody else. See? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of, the, one of the ladies escapes this ambush and runs off, and then all of the other ladies are thrown into the pit of eternal darkness, and... Uh, Queen Gedrin throws the, the scepter in after him, which is the key so that they can never be released again. I want to... Just uh, a really... 
I want to interrupt real quick because uh, we're skipping over one of my favorite uh, storytelling things they do in this movie where uh, the queen tells the first guy to touch the orb and he does and he just like jump cuts away, like just it vaporizes him. And then she points to a girl and says, okay, now you touch it. She's like, what the fuck? No way. And she's like, no, you're going to do it. I'm the queen. And she touches it and everything's okay. And so we're like, as the audience, you're like, okay. But then the movie stops and it like says, that's right. Only girls can touch it. Yeah, yeah, we get yeah, it. She Candy knew. Bergman. So she knew. Yeah. <laughs> so it reminds you like 15 it. times of that too, as if it's yes. going to somehow come into play. And guess what? It never does. Right. It never does. No one like says... Yeah, we fucking live in a world with oven mitts. Like, we can make these chainmail panties. You think we can't make an oven mitt to pick up an orb? Yeah, well... She we can... expressly has those guys carry it around everywhere. They, they put a little yeah. cover on it. They have they just put, like, a, a lid over yeah, it's it. It's yeah, gotta be skin like on cheating. talisman. Yeah. Throw a blanket on it, you're fine. Like, it's, it's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's a taskmaster task where they're like, okay, no men can touch the orb. Well, can I put it in a little box and then carry the orb? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Oh, oh, yeah, totally. Oh, shit. What are you, Alexander the Great? Goddamn. <laughs> it solved the riddle. <laughs> the riddle of the orb. All right, so so one of the ladies escapes, and she uh, she hops on just a random zip line that is so sweet. I mean, it's so just sweet. to be it's just to be a zip line. It's just for a cool zip line stunt, and it, it, it is cool until somebody does the one thing that you've never seen on a zip line before, and they just shoot her. They just shoot her <laughs> at your zip line. Right. Because it's just a fun moving target. Right. And that's bad luck, but I'd say it's good luck to land in the arms of Conan just in time to give him a quest to be like... In the arms of who? Yeah, the greatest Prince fighter Talador. in the world. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> right. But like, <laughs> she's like, oh, hi. Every time. Best fighter in the world. She literally gets caught before she hits the ground. It's like, oh, I'm dying. Here's the quest. Bye. And I'm like, it's... If she got caught by literally anyone else, the movie's over. The world explodes. Yeah. Well, there's only 13 days until the world explodes. She tells him that. As yeah. She's, she's saying there are 13 days they have before this talisman goes nuts and, and just kills everything. It's around. like it's like this idiot wrote, uh, he read a screenwriting book and it said, you got to have a ticking clock in your plot. And he's like, okay, okay, I got this. This is going to be a real tight screenplay. 13 days. It's just so dumb. Just so laid out perfectly for the audience. Right, there's just it, like it's so many. It makes me wonder how the drafts went because there are so many redundancies for for stakes, for origin stories, right. for like character motivation. Everybody's got like eight reasons to do everything, and you just wonder like, did they just pile drafts on top of drafts? Like, well, I saw they on must something have gone into this. that I I read that they were rewriting the script as it was being shot, which maybe is part of there the Arnold is. thing, where they were that, like, I yeah. think I can convince Arnold to stay here for like three more weeks. <laughs> Right. Every single day they get him to stay. And they're like, oh, shit. All right. Right again. One more day. Oh, come on. One more day. And every day he's like, oh, fine. We're going to have to cut so much. <laughs> Gotta read the script. We need to have the origin in every single scene just in case they have to cut it. And you can't go back and erase the old stuff. You already filmed it. <laughs> one, a- one of my favorite lines in the movie is, is when he then goes to get help. He goes to get Red Sonia because her, her sister has been, been shot. And he just rides into the arena and he finds Sonya and he goes, your sister's dying. And then rides away. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was great. And she's just okay. like, oh, okay, I gotta go. <laughs> well, I, did you want to know? You know, that was it. Your sister's dying. There's a, a moment here I really love where uh, she's training with a guy in the, um, in the pit, right? Like with their sword master. And they're having a real tight melee. Like they're two feet from each other, just kind of banging swords. And it cuts to the dudes on the side and their heads are like zipping side to side. Like they're watching a tennis match. 
And I'm just like, is that like a fucking joke? What the fuck? Why did they do that? And it's just like a perfect Red Sonja moment where you're like not sure what they were even going for. And it totally didn't land. Got left in the movie anyway. Uh, yeah, you thought they were building up to like a punchline or something. Yeah. And then it was just... Nothing. That, that was it. Well, like and how about that thought, uh, set piece in the um, entrance to the fighting pit that they were in where it was like a samurai warrior <laughs> whose legs are spread and he's like squatting so awesome. down wearing a skirt looking thing. So it looks he's like giving if you ride under it. It looks like yeah. if you look up, you could totally see his like dick and balls that you're like riding <laughs> under the stadium into. Yeah, as you ride out, you got to hold your hand up and touch the, the warrior balls for good luck. That's called Just a Hyborian greeting when you're like, yeah. Nothing has ever been more distracting to me than that set piece. Like, the, I, maybe I missed so much at the beginning because that came on and all I did was just focus on that and be like, why is that there? Who made that? Now we Show know. Us War Buddha's gooch. We know Show uh, it. Liddy's uh, weakness is. 30-foot penises are very distracting to her. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, when Conan rode under it, I was like, is he going to look up? <laughs> You'd have to look up. Everybody, right, like, everybody looks up. Let's say no, they're from out of town. To. They're like, I pass through this every day. I don't even look up anymore at the giant penis. <laughs> like, man. Okay, so they, they ride out under the giant penis. They touch the, the balls for good luck. Worn smooth from, from years of just ceremonial ball rubbing. And uh, they write out to, again, just an awesome set piece for no reason. This killer, like, skull bull statue is yeah. where he so awesome. He set the sister to die for no reason other than it's just just a fucking metal yeah. place to die. Like, if you're going out, it should be here. Yep, on this meatloaf cover. And, uh, yeah, her sister dies, giving her her third motivation uh, to do this thing. And then almost immediately, as soon as her sister dies, they see... A huge like lightning cloud on the horizon, right. and the talisman's being used like just right away. <laughs> so you immediately know where you're going to go, and again, just redundancies I after have, redundancies. Uh, in my notes, uh, I love the delivery of everyone's lines here because uh, Brigitte Nielsen she goes, "What's that?" And then uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger goes, "Pop Black, it's a great city." <laughs> like he, <laughs> it's a great city. He delivers it like it's a nice place to visit, not like yeah. a magnificent place. It's just so good. Hell. No one I think he probably no, didn't get Arnold. it. That lines. No, it's a, a city of greatness. Try to. It's a great city. Hoblock, yeah, great, great city. A, sweet place. Love it. Yeah, we've got a cousin with the timeshare there. What I, Good club scene. Uh, <laughs> Clean streets. I like the uh, soundboard they were using that had exactly one thunderclap sound effect, but right. somebody was <coughs> leaning on it and just like. <coughs> with the same exact thunderclap playing. 600 yep. times in a row. I love it. I like that it's just one cartoonish cloud. It's not like a storm has gathered over this one. It's just one giant cloud that they... So they had a matte painting of a cloud and put it over this city. <laughs> I go, oh, well, there it is. I thought every it time you rad as fuck. Every time you use the talisman, it's just right there. <laughs> I almost like... My brain shuts off when stuff looks too good. Like in a modern movie when the CGI weather or whatever is like, oh, wow. Look at the CGI, and then I just kind of my my mind wanders. Whereas if I see like a shitty matte painting and some bad cartoon, I'm like, someone really worked hard on this. Yeah, you know, so that looks kind of like somebody a painted nice, it. Nice little cloud thing. I liked you know. it. Lots of colors in it. Like it was a good painting. Mm -hmm. It's great, and but just one big cloud, one big like cartoonish shaped cloud, signifying here's storm here. Where we start to get our first clue that this is not Conan in quotes. 
where uh, he is just dying to help her. He's like, come on, let me come along. I'm, I'm a big help. I'm a good sword fighter. I got this horse. Uh, and she's like, no, I hate men, so I don't want you to come. But he's like trying to talk her into it. It's like, yeah, this is not a Conan move. Conan is coming or he's not. But I like he's when, not he, when he calls her a brave girl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nope, that's, when you're, that's why you're not coming along. <laughs> you're yep. a real tough chick. Yeah, she For clocked broad, that and was you... like, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, this is her character like arc, though, that throughout the movie, she learns to like men. Is Yeah. I would argue she had a very good reason to not like men. And uh, I'd argue every woman has movie, a really good reason not to like men. Mm-hmm. But also every man in this movie gives her yet one more reason to not like men. Not Falcon. Every man steps up. Not Falcon. That's uh, true. Not Falcon. Should have ended up with Falcon. Oh, wait. And I always spoiled it for anybody. Yeah. Well, we're, we're just at the scene where they meet Falcon. So I think it's okay. We're not. We, we got the fucking thing on the rails. This podcast is on track. Yeah, we're killing it. Right. They. <laughs> it's always good in a podcast if in the middle they announce that they're doing a good job. I feel like we should do that yeah. more. I feel like more people need to do that. Yeah. The 35-minute uh, mark, uh, it's time to pause and just acknowledge what we've done right so far, uh-huh. and that's uh, everything. Yeah, we're doing everything. a great job. Looks like everything. So we now meet uh, young Ernie Race Jr., uh, who's a total fucking dick, and his bumbling servant, uh, Falcon, who uh, you might recognize uh, from Popeye. He was blue-known Popeye. Kind of stopped acting shortly after this. I don't know if it was related, but he's, he's a, like 1985's version of Horatio Sands, but like tougher than that sounds what was the deal with the kid i felt like he had to be someone famous or something like oh yeah yeah. okay yeah i can give you a history of ernie Reyes jr so he was like what you see him doing here as a young martial artist he was in probably like five or six movies at around this age as like a young karate man and isn't it amazing this kid can do kung fu like yes yeah yeah that's and, it i was like he had to have been like this was a thing that he did in a lot of movies is what i assumed right. because he was so good yeah and most people know him from like surf ninjas or ninja turtles 2 uh the last dragon he's in a lot of like that era's movies and then he kind of just never got like a breakout role he was a bad guy in a lot of stuff he was a bad guy in uh, the rundown uh god what else I don't have his IMDb open, but like he, he's a really talented martial artist. And when you see him in the rundown, you're like, holy shit, Ernie Race Jr. grew up. But like he just never like broke through. Okay. He didn't have that like Mark Dacascos moment where you're like, oh, finally, Mark Dacascos is a legend. Anyway. Lydia's understanding. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't I, I'm getting that. I get what you're saying. I don't know who Mark DeCostos is, but I get the kid. He was. I'll give you the Mark DeCostos history. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we should pause again to say we're doing a good job, but we're staying on track. Still doing a great job, everybody. But yeah, Ernie Reyes Jr. has been acting since the you know the moment he could talk as a as a kung fu fighter. And he's been in hundreds of terrible movies and a couple of good he ones. He did have a real solid, like, two years yeah. around this time where he was just in a couple real big budget movies as as the the Karate Kid, basically. He was yeah. he was our Karate Kid. Okay. Not a household name, karate boy. for probably a decade if you said, you know, that, that little kid that does the karate, most Everybody people would know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the From what I figured. From man, that kid could do karate. That was nuts. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> I think he does a good job as an asshole, too, because he's a total asshole. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Prince, Prince Tarn, Lord of Hoblock, <laughs> and, his, and his 
overweight assistant is bumbling buffoon Falcon with a K. With a K, yeah. Who's uh, like first really him just likable and funny. His lines are fucking full on Scooby Doo jokes, but like he delivers them with such sincerity. You're like, okay, okay. this guy. Yeah, I like I like how he he was presented until the end when they seem like they suddenly remembered they had a fat character and they just right. had to do like eight fat jokes in a row and then did not do them. There's like a five minute sequence where they're like, "Fatty does this, Fatty does that, everybody laughs at Fatty," and then then they just forget to mention it again. You're yeah. Like, okay. Why did we do that? Yeah, it's like their second writer that they brought in was like, oh, I hadn't seen this guy yet. This guy's fat. Oh, no, I got to do. Hang on. Let me make I, some script edits. I got it. <laughs> now, we're jumping ahead again. specialist to punch up the fats. Yeah. But there is a little tunnel they're going through. And I swear to God, the motherfucker says, die, it starts tomorrow. Like, yeah. He mother- does say that. Motherfucker's doing Garfield jokes. <laughs> and then he falls out of that tunnel onto a feast table that yeah. he breaks. And a giant, like, leg of mutton falls into his hand. And he takes a bite of it. You know? Okay. Yep. Uh, and and it says, I have this in my notes. He goes, how's the food around here? <laughs> like, no sense of consequence. Right. He's just fucking it's from a different movie. It's not a wacky scene yeah. up to this point. This is, this is not the comic breakdown. It's the big invade. We're so well, I, I, God, we're doing such a good job. Wait, I, we're, doing we're doing such a, a good job. Jobs. Isn't it really funny to think of a diet in Hyboria, though? Like, what is a diet like there? Are they... Right. Do they have Slim Fast bars in Hyboria? Like... <laughs> Fully you anachronistic. Just eat less of your just, enemies. Oh. He might as well say, "Hey, boy, I feel like a Datsun in a Buick garage." Like it's just like th- there's no such thing as a diet where you're from. Yes. Like you fucking eat when you can catch a goat, and you're not being killed by the evil lesbian queen's men. Yeah, your diet is that you're now homeless with the prince, and you live in the woods. I'm pretty sure you're going to lose right. that weight. Like, don't stress about it. <laughs> What I, what what baffles me about that scene is that that's not the character intro. That's not when they join her. They're just like she shows up, she saves uh-huh. them, and then they're like, "Yeah, fuck you," yep, and bye. so she leaves. Yeah. And they they obviously join her later, but like, wh- why 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 do that whole <laughs> scene? You can again these these characters are introduced twice and joined twice and for very little reason. I love um, the inconsistencies in the character too, because when she shows up, she's like. Hey, get knock it off, boy! And he's like, "Boy!" And he talk, he talks like he's going to have her executed. And then later, when she's leaving, she's like, "You know what you got to do? Take that little fucker and spank him." And he just kind of rolls his eyes. Like some indignities are outrageous death sentences, and others are like, Psh, "Whatever." I just I love yeah, that. All of, and it's just out of left field to her her later interactions with him, where he I I just it had to be some abandoned storyline. I don't know. It's it's. They keep bailing. They like set up a bit and then they bail yeah. on it and then they pay off a different bit. Yeah, it's a disaster. Uh, but next she meets some random gate baron who's played by Pat Roach, who was man in the Roach. last movie. And oh. Tothamon. Right, Duel, and Tothamon. Oh. Again, roll, roll scramble. Just such a, it's such a fucking bonkers thing to do. It, to make yeah. a big budget sequel to a huge franchise. And then switch all of the roles around and change the names. Just <laughs> Yeah. And it and seemed like they it, wanted so you needs... to know that was a guy, too. Like, when they introduced him, it felt like the movie paused and was like, hey, remember this guy? And I was like, no. Yeah. So now I know yeah. why they did that. You right. don't remember Tothamon? <laughs> Iconic character, Tothamon? No. Who, had Who is that? Two lines. I remember Manape. Uh, yeah, I remember but when yeah, you said so Manape. Iconic I was like, character, oh. Manape. So this random Tothamon gate baron... was the wizard who turned into Manny. Oh, he was pre-Manny. Okay. Right. 
Proto Manning. Never said his name in the movie, did they? I believe they said it one time. Okay. Yeah, but they did not say Manape. <laughs> but uh, we all know Manape. <laughs> we know Manape from the credits. Uh, so th- this guy demands, uh, obviously, sweet, for on. payment. Let's acknowledge the sweet lizard helmets first. They had the sweetest oh, so helmets. so cool. They do. Yeah. Excellent helmets. Uh, and so he won't open the gate for her. And she's, like, impatient. I guess she's done this before. They know each other. And uh, his payment uh, is sex, of course. He's like, oh, if you want to come through, you got to give me sex. And Every single man gives yeah. her a reason. And so I guess she's... I, I guess she gave him sex the other time she's been here. Because, like I said, they know each other. And so... But today she's not into it. So she's like, no, no, no. How about we have a death duel instead? And uh, he agrees to it. And, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good fight scene. That's not too bad. Yeah. But it's fight scenes, at least. The sword fights were pretty good. They were pretty solid. Well, most of them. There there were a few that they sped up into wacky, fast motion. But this one was solid. Pat Roach did a good job. Brigitte Nielsen did a great job just looking like she was holding her own against him. Mm -hmm. He had the best line with the, I will tell the future in your entrails, red woman. Yeah. (laughs) It's like everything he says to her is like that. He just kept trying lines like that until he landed on that one, which was good. He's like, I'm going to feed your eyes to the birds, red hair. You're like, all right. (laughs) No, no. Tell the future on your entrails. That's it. That's the one. And she just started with that one. Uh, And then she, he's like, uh, God, what did she say? I don't need eyes. I could find you at 100 paces with your smell or something. Just just so bad. She does not have burners to give back to. I believe that tell your future in the entrails was, I know my future. You have none. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My entrails are filled with food because I had a breakfast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't do super great in the sword fight. I like that there's storytelling that she's kind of, Vincible, you know, and uh, he, she's not superhumanly strong. She's not quite so as strong. So that exposition as... fairy lied. Yeah. And right. and so did the training fighter guy. Yeah. They all just lied to her about how rad she It was. almost feels like right. they had to pretend like she had magic powers just so she could be, like, on par with the men that she fought. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise... She just needed yeah, they had to give the audience... They <laughs> thought they had to give the audience some reason to believe, like, a woman could fight. Yeah. But we did see Conan the Barbarian, and Sandy Bergman was whooping ass in that movie. And then Grace Jones yeah, I know. Yeah. was whooping ass. It's a ass. crazy it's decision. It's a weird choice, yeah. but I feel like that's why they did it, because she wasn't super-powered, <laughs> even though they said that she was. Right. I don't remember in Conan the Destroyer them taking a minute to say, like, okay, Grace Jones, you drank a magic potion, and that's why you can fight dudes. <laughs> She would not have stood for that. You cut that out of the script, I'll rip your dick out with my teeth. That's what she would have said. They probably did. I don't think she would have even said it. I think she would have just done it. That was her note. She went to get a warning. But uh, Brigitte Nielsen did not. Right. She's just phonetically written every day. She's like, uh, I don't know. Did she speak English at this? I think she's Danish. I thought she was German, but yeah, I don't think that she. Did I know of Brigitte Nielsen only because she was on The Surreal Life and dated? Flava she was so Flav. good on that show. Yeah, <laughs> what a what a freak shit! Took her shirt off forty seconds within arriving to the set. Yeah, like immediately. She's like, she's so good. Like they had to mosaic the tits off of Brigitte Nielsen for probably seventy percent of that whole show. <laughs> mosaic the tits off. It's a great phrase. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Enough about Brigitte Nielsen's tits. It's time to talk about Red Sonia. <laughs> right. She, she turns the tide on Brightag with a ball shot. Of course. That's, yeah. that's every woman's fight scene. Good storytelling there. And uh, kills him. 
like right afterwards and despite promising not to all of the lizard headed warriors with their yeah. sweet sweet helmets my god just everybody take a minute to go look up these helmets right now and just just appreciate them just, some costumes just google just top top helmets and i bet you'll get it i bet it'll come top, up first top movie helmets of all time if they're not if if there are not eight places from Red Sonia, there is a great injustice being done in this The world. only Best thing they were missing was little helmets. arms coming out the side. Because, like, they reminded me oh, of those pencil toppers that are, like, lizard mm-hmm. heads yeah. that had the little yes. arms. If they had little arms, oh, that would be number one best helmet. So it's time for, for Arnold to show up for his set day. He just leaps out of nowhere and is like, Sonia, I'll help you. And starts slaughtering He's having so everybody. much fun. Does 800 times better than Sonya did in yeah. her fight. Just mows them down. And to her credit, she does just take off. She just completely bails yeah, on him. She, which is great, what, yeah. When she's fighting which all these great. guys. Yeah, when she's fighting all these guys, it's like, oh, she's going to die. But then Arnold shows up, exact same number of guys, takes out one dude by means of surprise. And then we're just led to believe, like, oh, he's in no danger. Like, the movie is telling us that this guy is the real fighter. And Red Sonya's, yeah, she's fine. Yeah. Yeah, as in every every single scene, he shows up like fucking tuxedo mask and just right. does one thing that changes the whole tide of battle. And uh, so she takes the giant key. I love that Brightag has a giant key for mm-hmm. his giant cape. Just a good 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 set design, good prop design. Uh, op- opens the giant gate it's and, like a and fucking again Lego playset. <laughs> it's, like, it's so good. Brightag comes with key. <laughs> So he opens the gate and they, they get on their horses. Well, she gets on her horse and, and goes to take off. And he's like, once again, twice he sacrifices himself to save her. He once again says, you know, I'll hold them off. And she takes off. And She's uh, like, I don't I care. Like I was just no leaving. Point. I was already gone. Yeah. I don't right. <laughs> she books ass. But at no point do they address the fact that they clearly show they have the only two horses. They're both on horses yeah. and none of the guys are. And like, you could just leave. You could just leave. And it would be fine, but he just has to be like, no, no, these guys are... I know you were having huge problems with them. These guys are just just rookie league shit. Uh, I'm just going to have some fun here. So she just bails on him, no problem, which I love is a very Conan move. A very Conan move is just, just, okay, yeah, sure, see you later. Yeah, he like eats shit this entire movie where he's just chasing her around and then she just like flips him off and rides away and then he's like, okay, I'll see you next time. He needs saving. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe that time we'll hang out. Nope. Nope. Okay. So they they run across. She runs across a tarn again. This yeah. is his second character intro. Getting fully and quartered. He's been captured. Yeah, he, he's being quartered by just a bunch of 1970s pimps. <laughs> like they don't explain. Yeah, just why random. they're the fanciest characters. I'm sure they get a name or something, but I was so distracted by that guy's giant red hat. <laughs> Again, a very yeah. good red hat. <laughs> I a thought he had stolen hat. it from the prince. I was like, why is this guy wearing the prince's hat? Like, I thought that was telling us that he'd been messing with him for a little while. But no, that was like the hat he came in. Yeah, he came with just this bizarre, like, can-opened hat. <laughs> and all of his, his sidekicks, all of his henchmen were also just in, like... Victorian ball masks and and shredded ball gowns and and it was just a really I think it was like a warriors gang awesome. thing yeah I think they're yeah. all the bandits in the in the land make little themes and like they didn't have any roller skates they're like what if we're just like majestic ball pimps 
Yeah, and it seemed and like so, the kid was having so, so much fun in that scene too. By the way, where like they're, yeah. you could tell they had him hooked up to some like bungee cord kind of things, and he's like bouncing around. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> he's having so much fun right now. Right. Yeah, they never really established stakes, especially when whenever it cut to somebody and they were doing something cool, they just had like a big smile. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is great. Just is one of the reasons I find the movie a little more endearing than perhaps it deserves. Yeah, I think they had fun making it. Except Arnold, who'd been tricked into being there. But, yeah. uh, Arnold does Arnold does not seem like he had fun. You never see Arnold. Well, maybe that's why <laughs> he stayed, like, was because he was like, dang, this is a party. I guess I gotta stay. Yeah. Also, he was fucking Brigitte Nielsen. Oh, my God. Really? How much older yeah. is he than her? Because it seems like a lot. I think it's an age appropriate. Okay. Maybe a few years, but yeah, I think it's... Oh, man, I thought he was, like, way older than this than I think he was. Okay. I think... I think he was in his. I thought mid he was like late thirties. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and she she was just like twenty, so I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Okay. Well, that's not quite as bad as I thought, though. We'll have to look it up, but yeah. Because I also thought Maybe she was a, around like eighteen or something. I thought she was just. Tall. She was pretty young. Yeah. Again, uh, Arnold was just a monster. <laughs> yeah. uh, none of this would be out of character for him at all. I'm sure on the director's commentary to this, he talks all about plowing her at different parts of the set. Yeah, almost guaranteed. <laughs> I think almost she guaranteed. was married. I at will the time. guarantee it. And then I think after hooking up with Arnold, they got. This is all, again, 30 years of rumors later. But I think she was married and then she hooks up with Arnold, then she divorces her husband, but then she hooks up with Sylvester Stallone and, of course, marries him for. A while. Got a type. Yeah. Unintelligible muscle man. <laughs> she's like, because she's an unintelligible muscle woman. I mean, you can't blame yeah. her. It's Those are both, yeah. it seems like people I guess I can picture her with for sure. So yeah. She would break any other man. <laughs> Arnold was there like getting tricked into being a movie and destroying a marriage. Yeah. So that's what that's what he was doing. Just another day. Another day in the 80s for an old Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> so they, she runs in and, and cuts free Tarn and they, they, just destroy the random pimp squad for for no reason. The, the pimp squad is gone. Uh, this is their only purpose in the movie was yeah. to introduce this character for the second time. And this is where you realize Falcor's weapon, which is another one of my favorite decisions. He just has <laughs> a giant Fred Flintstone bone oh that God. he bonks people so on the head. Good. I was obsessed with that. I loved it. Every time he pulled it out, I laughed. Uh, yeah. It was amazing. They never explain it. I like to I think... Laugh. As an apologist for this type of genre, like it's got to be a dragon bone or something because he is like blocking swords with it. But like they never say, hey, my trusty dragon bone. It's just a fucking bone. He just has a bone. But if it's if it's it looks like a Fred Flintstone bone, it's a big cartoon bone. And my favorite moment in the movie, again, this is skipping ahead, is later when he's like bonding with Tarn. He reaches in his coat and he withdraws a small version of that. Yes! You've earned it. I laughed. It's time for you your the, bone. <laughs> the, the tiny boat. You've earned a bone, Junior, that I carry around. A bone for tops. Here's, I think that was, was the hardest I've laughed in it. like a year when he pulled out that little tiny bone and gave it to him. I I haven't laughed at a movie that hard in so long. Ugh. Oh, it's still it still gets me just thinking about it. Like it's so big, it had nowhere to fit in there. So it's cartoon logic too that he's just pulling yeah. it from a void. Like you, you would never see that coming in this movie. You would never see that gag. And then they play it straight, like he's like he's it's a touching. Mo- it's just it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so they they get themselves out of that and they cut forward to 
Gedrin's castle, her weird, mopey-faced castle. Again, such good set design. For, yeah. Like, never explained that she just has, like, sad faces drawn into the walls all over well, her castle. Well, and to get it, it looks like a butthole. <laughs> Was I the only one who thought yeah. that? With the- no, 100%. No. That's in my notes. That's no, a butthole. that's a butthole. <laughs> yeah. It is a butthole door. Not like a sphincter. Like, it's not star-shaped. It's just concentric circles, but they somehow made it look like it was like a colonoscopy picture. Yeah, and especially because it's a bunch of faces up front, and then they show a giant red circular hole that they're crawling into. You're like, um... Yeah, someone saw a colonoscopy and said, that's a perfect door. Yeah. (laughs) It is definitely the butthole of the Moby face castle, and that's probably why all the faces are so Moby. It's just... It's a high traffic butthole, probably higher traffic than you want. I love um, everything about the scene. She has a jillion candles in the room to just pump up light into it this. Looks so oh my orb. god! I posted that on Twitter. Where, I was like, "This is like when my mom goes to Yankee Candle. It's like buy two get three free." And she comes back. Why? Why was the like? Why not put time. it outside? The sun. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> And like the sun's way better. The little buddy is like, "Lady, you cannot do this. You're putting too much light in this thing." He keeps explaining the logistics and the stakes (laughs) to us as an audience. That like this thing eats light. Everyone remember this eats light. And if you put too much light into it, it'll blow up the world. That's and she's like, "Ha ha ha, light!" Uh, Ha ha. Okay, okay. I can see we're really getting through to her. She has a fucking pet spider. That's of all the things in the movie, this is by far the worst. It's just like a big <laughs> ass so fucking bad. pipe cleaner monster on a stick. <laughs> just, just a it is just puppet. pipe cleaners. I swear to God, it's just if they make giant pipe cleaners. And I, I flashed back to how awesome that snake looked in the first code. Right. Yes. Like, clearly, you 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 have access to some sort of artisan that can yeah. do this. They have the phone and number, and then you of have like bargain basement Halloween decoration <laughs> spider. Yeah, and all the skeletons around. What was? Skeletons, yeah. so spooky skeletons in veils. It's a fucking party city room. That's what can I can I suggest <laughs> that there must have been a conversation behind the scenes where like a, a costume or a, a set di- director person called a store and was like, "I need like five hundred skeletons," and they were like, "Okay, we don't have the regular skeletons, but we have these like shiny chrome ones." Um, oh, sweet! The- <laughs> yeah, say no more. Bring them. Bring them by. As many as you can get. Yes. And pipe cleaner spiders. Yep. I. I Need as many pipe. You only have one. Well, can you build a makeshift spider on the way out of carpet and pipe cleaners? Better be huge. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we have a really terrible looking spider here for you. (laughs) Because it's going to get a suspicious amount of screen time and then never show (laughs) up again. Never. Not even when she's fighting for her life in that very same room where that spider help her. Nobody, show up. nobody deals with it. Yeah. <laughs> Just aband- so many things abandoned. Uh, My favorite character it has his scene here, and yeah. he's the, the alchemist. Or right. The, Doug, the vizier, or whatever, Hedding. the magician. Another Raiders he's, of the Lost Ark villain. Was he? Who was he in Raiders of the Lost Ark? I think, I think his name was Imam. <laughs> anyway, he's fucking sweet. He's dressed like... Halfway between a grandma quilt and a chessboard, a moo of some kind, and definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's got a great like bob that goes down into golden Jerry curls, and his nails. I want to say his face is painted white, but I think he's just that white. He's just really sick. Yeah, he's super. He's got like looking. huge press-on nails that he's like he's having like so Mercury's much fun with. Country he was, cousin, he like articulates with his hands a lot because he's like, look at my nails. Uh-huh. And again, they make the a point for the character the villain character to be gay because he turns on his magic mirror and he was using it to watch gay porn is that what was going on i was it's like i think that i think that's what that gag is another red sonia joke that just completely didn't land yeah 
I think that's what that gag is, is he was using it to watch gay porn and then goes, oh, right. no. And then but they he it's seemed, filmed so oddly. He seemed more annoyed than embarrassed, like someone else was jerking off with a scrying machine. <laughs> and it wasn't like, yeah. he's not like, oh, oops, I, I blew it. It's like, God damn it. Who has been? Big eye roll. I think that was supposed to be the gag. I couldn't say because I would have to decipher the mind of whoever wrote this. Yeah. I, I think they very much and like how they, they shot didn't it. want you to think everyone in that army was gay, which is a really weird choice. Uh, but then we move <laughs> from this weird uh, low point in set design to just the fucking high point of all cinema where our party is outside and they come across a lava ravine and they're like, how are we going to get across? And then four feet to the right is a fucking dead dragon that is like just turned into a bridge. Like it just died getting curb stomped i guess the raddest fucking the set design raddest. the world design is so cool and it's just full of that and like like that bowl that her sister died under was just there it's the sister dying bowl yeah <laughs> this is the dragon bridge nobody's like oh this was from a great time when dragon they're just like sweet bridge <laughs> someone had to kill that thing just right to make a bridge they're like i'm really tired of not being able to get across this lava let's lure a dragon right here i got this idea it's probably not gonna work but let's try it and they're like oh my god i can't believe and this that is work this is the scene where they need to have, I guess, some sort of character payoff where she tries to spank the prince. Right. Or he, he comes out and starts being a little shithead and she grabs him and tries to spank him. And Falcor's like, no, if you spank anyone, you spank me. Yeah. And like, I guess yeah. it's supposed to be played off like, like, I'm willing to sacrifice myself for my prince, but it really comes across like, I would like to be spanked by Bridget Manson. <laughs> right. Yeah. But even the little boy yeah, gets a, grown a little man. fresh with her. Like, everyone is trying to fuck Red Sonia. And again, can't blame him. But for the little boy to do it and the elderly man to do it, it's like, maybe pick one of those that doesn't. Just have one character that doesn't try to fuck Brigitte Nielsen. Right. For this arc to pay off where she learns to like men, she should probably like one of the men right. along the way. <laughs> They're all just so shitty. And then all the way up to the end, they remain just like shitty and just trying to fuck her. And finally, she's like, all right. Anyway. <laughs> Skipping to the end, doing a great job. Such great a good job. job. Yeah, great job. Such and so job. Um, the bad guys are watching them through their scrying machine. And so they release a killing machine. And that's all we know about it right now. And the, the queen is like, okay, but don't have your killing machine kill Red Sonia. And he's like, lady, I, it's a robot <laughs> it's a I unleash. Like, <laughs> like, the vizier does not have time for this shit. He applied to a professional army, and he got this goddamn <laughs> right. shit show. He's always telling her no, and she's always saying, well, if you don't do it, I'm going to kill you. He's like, I, it's a, I'm unleashing a monster. I can't really be responsible. She's like, well, you are. Because I guess she wants Red Sonia for just dark sexual still, assault purposes. Like, it's still not, yeah. wants to assault her. Like, has had her face ruined by her, and it clearly has driven yes. her insane. It's supposed to be the character, but still still wants to fuck her instead yes. of kill her. Still just super into her and her great mullet. Even though she has a girlfriend so, who's right there, who the whole time is like, um, okay. <laughs> oh. uh, so they, uh, they're stealing a pearl. Like, I guess the Falcon is uh, the good guy, and Ernie Reyes Jr. is like, steal that pearl. And Falcon's like, I don't... It's probably somebody's pearl. We shouldn't take it. And Ernie Reyes is like, I'll take the fucking pearl. And then Red Sonia's like, guys, you got to get out of here. The water is rising. Like, because it's sort of rainy. So but it's not yet. It's not. It's, it's just water. And even if it was to rise, they have hours before it's any kind of danger. Uh, and that's the stakes. And yet 
those stakes get raised when the killing machine, which is just a like a robot snake, shows up in the water. And we get 20 minutes of the fucking shittiest SeaWorld show. It's just this. I believe I that scene. It's important to note. I think it's a giant robot catfish. I thought it was a yeah. robot no, like, right. um, crocodile. Oh, everybody's got a different take. That's how good the design. <laughs> yeah. On this part. And it's just a metal thing. So nobody's swords do anything. It's, and again, the Foley artist going nuts with his one little pating, pating, pating. And uh, I love the, uh, the advice once they see it. She says, uh. Get out of the water. And then Falcon goes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so they all climb. That is what you do. Yeah. Instead of coming out the way they came in, they just kind of climb the very climbable walls just an inch out of the water and stop. And that's 20 minutes of that. And then occasionally they'd go back into the, somebody would find reason to go back into the water. And then the stupid fish monster would drag them around in a circle. Then Conan shows up and he joins in. He gets dragged around the water. Uh, until he gets straight fucked up by that puppet, like that scene <laughs> looks so unpleasant. Like it's clearly, it's clearly on. They do a lot of close-ups of him just getting dunked and waterboarded and right. dunked again, and he looks so I think unhappy. That's why I liked if it so much. Just... I was like, this must have been hell for him. <laughs> if you're Arnold Schwarzenegger showing up for just a cute little cameo in a movie for a good friend, and he's like, okay, cool, get in the cold water. We're gonna have this fucking machine drag you in a circle for I don't know. <laughs> Uh, seven, eight hours for three days straight. He's like, what? No. But the, the scene, the scene here just has me finding the sister. Yes. And uh, like, oh, you haven't seen the latest pages. We've been writing them today. Come on. Come on. No, no. I'm, I came here for the day. You have me for the day. Like, no. Gets Get so nice. fucked up by that. And it's puppet. one of those things that does just... go on for so long that it becomes funny again and then gets not funny and then right. becomes funny again because it's so long. It really does. And I loved it. I was that's my favorite scene in this in this whole movie, I think, is that scene. <laughs> I love how he says, I can't kill it. It's a robot. <laughs> yeah. And they're like Okay. Okay. Well we understand what robots are and we can't robot. kill it in the <laughs> the next line is like we gotta stab its eyes out. <laughs> wait, wait, but you can like you <laughs> go and stab the robot's eyes out. <laughs> Just yeah, right. delicately drag the pearl eyes out of this fucking robot. And it's not like it's like mm, switching to audio sensors. It just writhes in pain like someone taught this robot how to hurt. It screams. And it just wiggles around in the water and then they all leave. They're all like, okay, let's get out. Uh, it's not, it doesn't turn into a stealth mission where like, we gotta get out quietly while I can't see. It's just like it's over. So. They just leave it there thrashing. Like, yeah, well, fuck you. Right. So it is really weird. weird that there are no other robots in this movie, and then all of a sudden there's a robot, and they all mm-hmm. know what it is. They know is. what it is. <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah. Again, any other movie, you'd think that was escalating. Like, oh, she has, like, death machines, right? And mm-hmm. that's going to show up nope. later. Nope. Totally abandoned. Yeah. Never mentioned again. There are no other death machines. The, the climax of this should have been a 30-foot robot, like a giant fucking... <laughs> skeleton or something oh that would have been awesome or a giant spider yeah. just even just having the spider like yep the alchemist could have thrown some powder in his bowl and the spider gets 30 feet big boom there there's your scene so around this time uh calador conan is uh revealing that he's really the the high lord sent to destroy the talisman so he is the main character of the movie he's just revealed that he's yes. the main character of the movie. <laughs> yeah. you haven't seen his adventures as the main character of the movie but you've been with the b team yes. this whole time he's not just a helpful dude he's literally on a sacred quest to do this exact same thing 
again, such a problem in your movie to empower women. It's just... And, like, if if that's true that Arnold asked for, like, second billing, and that's true that they're writing those pages, you know they gave him those pages on the day where he's just like, and now I'm the main guy? <laughs> Fucking... I mean... None of this. I signed up for none of this. Yeah. They were going to empower women, all... but then a man showed up, so... Right. And I like that he's wise and kind and filled with noble purpose, which are all very not Conan traits. So it's like, just... They were so driven to like have a man come in and take over the narrative that they just rewrote this Conan character to be a completely different dude. Uh, so and he doesn't whatever. get drunk I, or I, high the entire movie, which is like that's yeah. not Conan. Straight edge, Calador is straight edge Conan. Yes. He does hit on her here, but like gently <clears throat> and like respectfully, like like you know. Well, like a one person. of his lines is, "You didn't. You thought you didn't need a man's help, or no? It's, you didn't want a man's help." But you needed it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. And I don't think she liked it. But uh, no. But then she brings up how she will only be with a man who can like beat her. And then, again, this is very not Conan. He like comes back with logic. He's like, mm. so then I guess you can only be with a man if he tries to kill you. Oh, that's logic. Yes! I think he even says that. That's logic. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. When he said that, I was great like. Conan, great Schwarzenegger impression. <laughs> yeah. It's such, you know, modern dialogue, it's though. Fucking, like, that's logic. Yeah. They... <laughs> it's some incel shit there. That's like some fucking internet Like, Conan would know shit. what logic yeah. was. Right. Conan would think logic was like a barbarian he killed in the last town. Crom <laughs> says, fuck your logic. And yeah, he also says, if you'll only, uh, if you'll only be with a man who'll con- who with a conqueror, prepare to be conquered. And I'm like, that's... Yeah, that's hot. Little Sonia. He calls that... her Little Sonia. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that part sucks, but the other part, the conquering part, that's a sweet line. Yes. Yeah, he fucked up that line, though. Prepare mm-hmm. to be conquered, little Sonia. Yeah. So she was like, oh, 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 oh. And so then they so have like a, a friendly and horny, like, not a sparring session, but a full-on try to fucking kill each other section. They're like... Uh, in my notes, I have a sword fucking. They do some sword <laughs> it's fucking. It's a little sword fucking. But like, they don't like borrow Falcon's bone or have like a fist fight. They take their very very sharp swords and throw haymakers and like sneaky crippling attack shots like at their ankles and legs like one of them should be maimed at least uh and so it's weird it's like they're they're friendly they're about to fuck but they need to prove each other in a fight and i'm like you could just wrestle right you could there's (laughs) there's ways to compete physically that isn't so deadly (laughs) <laughs> I could try to picture them pitching that like we're gonna have Arnold Schwarzenegger wrestle a woman in our movie. <laughs> uh, Arnold was so down for that. That was Arnold's pitch. <laughs> yeah. You know we're fucking off the camera, right? <laughs> do you want us to do it here on the camera? Brazil, is it okay if I penetrate you on film? <laughs> Knowing her, prepare to be conquered. She, she just whip her top right off. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. heels. So in sounds good in this scene. <clears throat> in this scene, Tarn gets up and starts like play fighting with them. So, he, in the metaphor, uh-huh. right, right, if they're sword fucking, mm-hmm. he's like masturbating yeah, to that's it. So yeah, everybody creepy. got that right. Yeah, because yeah. it is like supposed to be a metaphor for them having sex, and it's like they've acknowledged that. Uh-huh. And then he does the sword thing, and I'm like, oh. And then the the child gets up and joins in by himself to play with himself. And you're like, oh, okay, right. I get it. And I like Falcon. Again, I don't like it. Falcon here just kind of gives a few knowing nods to a few of the sword clashes. Like, he's he's liking the show, but he's like, you know, he's retired from all that. He's His fuck days are behind him. 
His sword fucking days, anyway. Yeah, that was my least he'll favorite bone, part of the movie. He'll bone fuck you. <laughs> he'll bone fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. All right. they, they also had some really like, so they stupid fight. fight moves, too, where, where like Arnold yeah. turned around backwards, put his sword behind him, and she yeah. took the bait for that, was like, okay, I'm just going to hit your sword, I guess, and not like, cut your head off or poke you anywhere right. else in your body. Yeah. yeah, there was some great fight scenes. This was not one of them, and unfortunately, it goes on for another twenty minutes. Yeah. We just got we just got out of a twenty minute scene. <laughs> Everybody's fucking tired. The audience is tired. You go into another twenty minute they live style alley fight. I'm just would they really show us them getting exhausted yeah. and just dropping they, to the ground? They're they like, you wouldn't out. believe it unless we show every minute of them just fucking gassing out. <laughs> yep. It's it's a bad scene. So th- a bold and strange decision for the third act. Yes, where you're supposed to be escalating. Yeah. It's just to pause it. I love the story beat. Like I love the idea of these two warriors having a sword fight for like, you know, the woman's virtue. And if he can prove himself, then they get to have sex. I'm like, I like that as as warriors. That seems like a very, very normal courting procedure. But uh, yeah, it's just it it goes on so long. The fact that there's two people watching is weird. That that. <laughs> That muddies the metaphor a lot for me. Yeah. The fact that one of them is a child trying to play yeah, along. Yeah, I don't like the ones a kid Really at just all. really ruins the metaphor completely. Yeah. yeah. I you like... need to think about this metaphor a little bit. <laughs> I like that one's just a fun guy carrying a bone. Like, if you're just going to have a guy watching the sex, and it's just a weird fun guy with a bone, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> all right, so they finally reach Butthole Castle uh, <laughs> with the movie faces. And they, they can't get past the butthole. The butthole is too mighty for them. So they play Tarn's ego, and this is where they give him Bone Jr. <laughs> yes. Adorable. I just want to... No notes for this I just want to relive Bone Jr. Everybody everybody, pause and look up Bone Jr. I'm sure that's all... I'm sure those are the exact terms yeah, that you need to use, for, and these are the only results you'll get. The tiny movie. bone that he was carrying around just in case Tarn became less of an asshole so he could give it yeah. to him. It's his man bone. Just in case. It's your bar mitzvah they, bone. <laughs> bar mitzvah bone. This is also this is also the part of the movie. This we've already covered the end of the movie, so we're recapping what we've covered. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Again, we're doing a really good job. Hey, great job, yeah, everybody. Good job. <laughs> so this is the part where they get to the tunnel, and and he says, "I'm I'm starting my diet tomorrow." Yeah. And he, uh, all that happens. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I can't I can't believe that. I do really like the scene where they convince the prince with like mm, some the bravest one of us has to stay outside and guard it hmm and like falcons in on it and i i just thought this was like really cute and the kind of writing that you're like wait they're capable of like good shit what the fuck is the rest of this movie yeah and so uh uh so yeah i like that i guess ernie Reyes jr has the only character arc in the movie which is it. yeah he closes that a little bit one of the few things about the finale we haven't already covered we've covered that the talisman is shaking apart the world and that her her advisor is like, what the fuck are you doing? You're just right. going to die. And she goes, ha, 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 So now they, they, they climb up to the top and they just like jump into the dining room where, uh, I mean, this is Falcon's uh, turf, like the dining room. So he just fucks up everybody with his bone. Uh, falls onto the table and breaks it you gotta have a fatty falling yeah. onto the table and breaking it joke and then a piece of mutton flies into his hand and he says how's the food around here Any good <laughs> and then he starts fighting yeah and again the, the movie there's a lot of joy in the fights like conan and Whitson, you seem to ha- be having a lot of fun but it gets fully zany at this point like it's now a scooby-doo show like 
Falcon's like slapstick beating these people to death with his super bone. They they do do the soup scald. The cauldron of soup does scald somebody. Oh yeah. yeah. So if you got blue balls from that soup scald, from Conan, <laughs> yes. here's where it's delivered. Three movies later. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that and I thought, oh, they're going to do it finally. And then I was like, wait, it's Conan. I'm not going to let it trick me. I'm not going to let it. And then they actually did it. <laughs> yeah, they did it. Uh, we're also reminded once again that only women can touch the talisman. Yep. Because Sonya's like, guys, you can't leave without me. I'm the only one that can touch the talisman. So it's like, yeah, I really think we'll figure it out. Right, but we could put it in something, or we could like poke it with a stick. We could hit it with the bone. Roll it. We got a bone right here. Look at the bone. I could just take off my vest. I could kind of wrap it around it. I think it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) When the when your female character's biggest use is replaced by a vest, (laughs) by a piece of cloth, a sack. (laughs) Keep keep reminding us. Uh, So, uh, God, then the the Nazi from Raiders of the Lost Ark comes out. Uh, you know this character's name is uh, I, Ilock or something? It's Loki backwards. Is is how fucking dumb is that? Oh, but wow. like, I call, I call, yeah. yeah. So uh, Ickle. So he runs into Ernie Reyes Jr. and just seems to have no sense of danger, despite like him holding a real sword. Like he's a master of kung fu, holding a real sword. He's like, get out of the way. He's like nudging it away with his fingers. Like get the sword out of my face. Like I feel like even if it's a seven year old holding a sword on me, I'm like I still. Don't want to get cut by the sword. This guy just doesn't even care. And uh, easily, like, slaps him aside and kind of beats him up. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it turns out he was right not to care because he just slaps him. He yeah. just slaps him right to the ground. Yeah. And, uh, but then, God, what, how does the fight end? He, like, throws his sword and he, like, gets yeah. stuck under the wheel and, like. Well, he accidentally hits, like, the switch as he's right. running through gets Ernie Reyes' uh, tarn. That was so. Yeah. And it's in. In the butthole. He gets crushed to death by a giant butthole. In front of the child. I felt so bad for the, the kid because I don't think he meant to kill him. And then his death is like in the movie yeah. very like exaggeratedly painful. I think it's the most painful death we see. To be fair, he is all grown up. He does have his man bone. <laughs> That's true. He has been recently bar mitzvah. <laughs> he, got, he got bone junior. <laughs> but the final showdown between Gedrin and Red Sonia now. Yeah, uh, after after that scene. And 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 my favorite character, the alchemist, the vizier, <laughs> yes. the, man, the magician, the, I don't know, the, what the hell is that guy? What What is he supposed to be? What was I, his role? I, I never was like, magic and science. Because he had like a science kit. Where there was potions and yeah, he's behind like a bunch of beakers and he's he operates like the machines, but it's also met the court. Anyway, she yeah. she uh, Sonia tries to kill Gadrin, and she, to be fair, she just whips Gadrin's ass. Yeah, like, no chance. It's a very one sided. She's running all over the place. Oh, and can away. I, my favorite um, line in the movie is in that scene when she's fighting Gadrin. I know exactly what it really? is. Really, it's it's. Is it start with what were their lives? Yes. <laughs> Compared to this? Yes. Yeah, so he's like, you killed my entire family. And she's like, what were their lives compared to this? And she pulls off her mask and she's got like a cut, a single cut on her face. Yeah. On and her cheek. And here's what I love most about that cut is that either they forgot to put that on her face for most of the fight scene or it's just very well hidden by her haircut. Like all it takes is like a little bit of a bob cut and no one notices this scar. Well, it's the like, mask. That's she was covering it with the mask, and so she took right. it off. No, but she took it off after in the, like, the rest off, of the like, fight scene. I just never noticed it. It wasn't there. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I think they either forgot or it was covered by like the bounce of her 
her side bangs. Again, central central character feature just completely dropped. Yeah. Yeah. I did think that was good writing, though, because it was like, she's such a narcissist that she's like, yeah, right. but you cut my face. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I killed your family, but like, you cut my face. Like, that's. I, you and then got she the just gets her, her ass beat. Her just gets owned after saying, "What was that compared to this?" And then just has to run away, tossing skeletons, right. yeah. throwing every prop in the Halloween store at her. Now, if you were and to then, walk up to like the world's dumbest four-year-old and show him this fight scene, and like there's a wizard four feet from you, just like blasting a bowl with like you know spices, and then poof! All every time he does that, some magic thing happens to the queen, right? And then Red Sonia sees this and finally just says, you know what, fuck that. I'm tired of her teleporting around the room. I'm tired of her being, like, unkillable. So she just walks over to the guy and cuts his head off. <laughs> and nobody was prepared. No for one it. thought of that. <laughs> the guy was, like, he wasn't in a balcony or anything. He was just on the ground next to her. And he's performing all these spells for the queen. And she's just getting so smug about it. She's yeah. just, ha, 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 you'll never figure this out. <laughs> they even cut to her face after she stabs him. And she's just like... What? What? <laughs> How did you solve this mystery? It's totally the Conan mirror scene again, where it's just, just walk up and smash it, and you're like, oh, what? Well, and it took her so long to figure it out, though, that I was like, okay, there's a little bit of wheel idiot Red Sonia too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> and you just solve it by smashing. That's the the one riddle you're prepared to solve. I feel like I would have killed him just out of boredom. Like, the the second teleport, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know how to beat this boss. Well, I guess I can kill that other guy. Like, just that's that's how, if I was playing a video game, that's just what I would do. Is like, yeah, I'll just go. I mean, I got to clean up the room. You got to clear the room. Got to get the ads. So then she, like, beats the hell out of Gendron. I think she gets Million Dollar Baby during the earthquake. Like, full on falls, like, neck first onto a stone step. Uh, they make their way into the candle room at this point. Oh, right, right, right. So, so the talisman is there, and they're fighting for the talisman. And it, uh, a gate falls down and like seals them away so that all of the men are trapped on the other side, and the, the women are in, the, in mm-hmm. the room fighting for it. Sure. In Goofy, again, this is the fight with the Goofy fast motion, which is just... I guess it didn't look very good. Really takes you out of it that it's the last fight scene yeah. in the right. movie. They had to do the Goofy Should fast the motion climax, for. But... Well, Sandy Bergman was kind of a notoriously bad sword fight i don't know if we mentioned this in the conan podcast but like she put some dudes in the hospital like she almost cut a dude's finger off and she's kind of a maniac i think grace jones was more of a maniac but not because she was unskilled but because she's like a well, legitimate they only gave crazy her a stick. person right but so like that's why they only gave her a stick she's, you're not getting a sword grace jones are you fucking kidding me <laughs> we don't have the insurance for that so i think that uh yeah, she's just not a go- not good at this. Okay. So, uh, so that's- yeah, she beats her. Uh, Gedrin is stabbed. Tarn is trapped. She has to to save Tarn, and they they do. You think it's going to be like a turn where she has to choose between them? Right. Again, no. They just ignore that. Gedrin's stabbed. Uh, it's over. They throw the talisman in the lava. It does happen this quick. My yeah. my question was, that's, shouldn't that be bad? Like they said, she had to destroy it by sealing it in darkness, and she threw it in lava, which is like the brightest thing right. ever. So I do feel like, yeah, I thought about this a lot, and I thought it, it's very dangerous. But I think once it gets in the lava, there's no light. I feel like that's just like the flames reacting to the oxygen or the heat reacting to the oxygen. I bet in the center of lava, it's pitch black, so it should be okay. If you if you were a writer on this movie and you brought up any of these points on set that day, they would tell you, shut the fuck up because Arnold's only here for 15 more minutes. Yeah, I think you're right. Nobody's allowed to think about this. But yeah, 
I, the, the castle explodes immediately because mm. uh, I guess the castle was connected to the talisman, even though she had the castle before the talisman. So that, or it that could one have been scan, like when it hit the lava, all that light that came off was probably really bad to put in the talisman. Maybe that was just the maybe lot of that's it. Maybe they power. thought no, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't no, that. that's me being an apologist. Uh, Arnold gets another lift, bro, as he and Falcon lift the gate, uh, this, which I guess they could have done the whole time if they really wanted to. Well, they just didn't I think really they can only to. lift it like six inches because they lifted it earlier, and Ernie Reyes Jr. slipped under, and then here they do the same trick to get them out, but like. Brigitte Nielsen can't get out because her titties are too big. And that's what I just, I really like that, that that's sort of a nice little touch to remind us of her femininity. Like, it's just like, sometimes being a woman is not an advantage when your titties are too big to slide under a gate. (laughs) The gate represents all of humanity. Right, that's the glass ceiling. And it's hard to get over that glass ceiling. This movie is actually where the term gatekeeping came from. (laughs) Yes. It's about the titties. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of door lifting in the climax. It's got to be some kind of metaphor. Like, it's yeah, like they have a, ninth a second or door lift. Door lift. <laughs> and then they, they have another door lift coming up. They get out of there and they run and they, the butthole door is closed on top of that dude. Yeah. On top of Icole. So Tarn <laughs> learns self-sacrifice and says, you know, slips out there to open it for them and says, you know, run, run without me. And they do another lift because mm-hmm. uh, Arnold yep. did not get his contractually obligated lifts in <laughs> by this point. So it's all about lifting. I'll do your movie, last but I need to be able to get my lifting in. You need to put a lot of lifting in the movie. I got to get my pop lifted on. A- Training for another movie. They lift another beam. <laughs> he has to have like a standard amount of lifts built into a contract, Absolutely. especially at this point in his career. Like just suspicious flex scenes where like he's going to do a sword thing, but then he has to flex his biceps <laughs> for a long time first. I got to get the pump. The pump is like coming. And all day long I am coming. When I'm lifting the door, I'm coming. When I'm inside Brigitte Nielsen, I'm coming. Can you believe how much I am in heaven? You're going to have to explain to Lydia that that's real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's a real Arnold quote. Oh, my God. In Pumping Iron, he's talking about how the pump is like coming. (laughs) And how like in his normal non-workout life, he's just fucking crushing ass. So he's coming all day long then. But then he gets to the gym, and he's also coming at the gym. So all day long, he is coming. Can you believe how much he is in heaven? <laughs> that is the most disturbing thing. Imagine if I didn't it. remind you. <laughs> Imagine if I didn't remind you to explain that that was a real. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia would think you just started saying. That. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess thank I was you okay for with that, that kindness. I sort of figured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to they open the door. Like, and Tarn like, has just it learned. Like working with the. Uh, Robert and Sean. She'd be like, well, Robert's fine, but Sean is like a legitimate maniac. Sometimes he'll say things with just, zero context just about ejaculation, and it's like, I, I, he's a strange man. Talks about Danger, how lifting dangerously is coming. strange. Coming all the time when he's lifting? I'm so terrified that I'm going to be in a room with him and you lift something, and I'll know what that means. That was really weird. <laughs> Again, this is that was just Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger was just a, a fucking maniac that rampaged over the entire world. In yeah, the yeah, that's the main thing I've learned from these movies. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I do. Yeah, in the '90s, there was definitely a revamp to be like family friendly. Arnold Schwarzenegger is here. He's he belongs in everybody's living room. Where if in the '80s Arnold Schwarzenegger was in your living room, it was a big problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was like a hide your daughter situation. <laughs> okay, back to the movie. Tarn has just learned self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. 
And then they cut to the, the next scene. They cut to him just booking ass out of the castle, <laughs> just leaving all of his friends behind to die. That kid, Artie Reyes, put everything he had into running away from that set. That set must have been actually set to blow up. Yeah. He just fucking pure panic books out of there so fast. And it's such a funny to be like, I've learned self sacrifice. Fucking see ya. <laughs> <Later>. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a great... I mean, it's not a lot of learning. <laughs> That's the end of his character. Like, he doesn't have yep. any, any other moves after that. So. Yeah. Well, he does watch them have uh, their last fuck fight. Yeah, they, so. they ride out, the castle explodes, and they're, they're about to say their goodbyes, and Arnold says, you know, I have a rule. I never take a woman who can't beat me in a fair fight. Not true. Turning the tables on. Very, provably <laughs> not true. Extremely yeah. not true. We've seen the other movies, so... <laughs> Seems like a trap. <laughs> Seems like a trap for a dangerous fetish. He'll have sex with women who are losing the fight during the sex. Like, he'll be having sex <laughs> that, yeah. while he's throwing a woman into the fire. We've established this. <laughs> now, does anybody else have, have Brigitte Nielsen's line written down? Oh, I don't Mm-mm. think I did. Now, that's a challenge. I might think about someday. <laughs> that's really good. Here's what I wrote in my notes. All they kiss, it's motionless and tongueless. <laughs> that was my uh, kiss notes. So if that's an indicator that of what their chemistry was like off camera, I feel like they were just sort of there to get each other a pump. Like he's like, Bridget, I need you to bounce on my penis for like forty to fifty minutes. She's like, Yes, we do need to get a workout in. Like that's what that's their chemistry. Like this is the worst kiss. And I've seen and it the ends remember on the them time frozen video. in it. Zooms hold out there. while they just hold it. Yeah. It's almost like a gag in a sitcom where they like freeze frame, but they're like the actors just stop moving. It it's that type of comedy gag, and that's how the Conan series ends with not Conan and no. everybody character scrambled in this weird freeze frame kiss, and then they're just like, "Well, we ruined it, everybody. <laughs> we ruined, we fucked it up. This entire genre. You'll get Willow and nothing else for fifteen years." I think what I've learned from this is I'm very forgiving to movies if I'm comfortable and happy while watching them. <laughs> that m- So as long as your husband's there with you cracking jokes, yeah. you're fine with. Yeah. No, that's well, it's a hilarious movie. It's a great time. It's a Everybody good party should movie. watch it. Well, yeah. and, and like the, the and, costumes uh, are so good. I love the scene with the friggin' snake monster crocodile thing that was so weird and lasted so long and i was just kind of like it sounds weird but like you know when you watch old movies and old people are like they don't make them like this anymore (laughs) like Uh they literally don't yeah that's how i felt yeah you wouldn't be allowed (laughs) you wouldn't be allowed for a very good reason because they learned that lesson from that scene (laughs) we're just like oh nobody's allowed to do this they don't do it because it's bad that's why i I don't know i miss it i like it Yeah, it is. It's great to like revisit old movies and just be like, this is one big mistake. You did so long of a mistake here. Everybody's going that you didn't edit it out. You didn't cut it down. You were just like Arnold fucking gets fucked up by this puppet. I think it's really funny. We're going to leave all of it in. They never thought of how it might look on camera. It's like someone went to SeaWorld, saw someone grab a dolphin fin and swim around in the circle. They're like, oh, my God, that's the most amazing thing. I could watch this for 20 minutes. (laughs) But what if at the end you stabbed the dolphin's eyes out? Oh, hell yeah. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! It's a podcast canal! Und mit maximalem Schau! Doc Frankfurt podcast? Correct! Yeah! Ich kraft ist nicht, kraft ist nicht ohne! Schick die in die Hunde so! Für eine Stunde! 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the 1-900-HOT-DOG dancers. These are your Supremes. Three Finger Louie, Adam Ruth, Adrian H. Ooh, doing the robot, it's Aiden Mua. Alpha Scientist Javo, Armando Nava. Benjamin Siranen, Brandon Garlock, Brienne Whitney, Chase McPherson. Children love the meat miller, yes they do. Oh, hey, also doing the robot, it's Chris Brower. Dan Bush. The artist, formerly known as Devin. The laziest man on Mars, Dean Costello. Dr. Awkward. Hey, it's Eric Spalding. Oh, hey, a third robot. It's Fancy Shark. Hi, Fancy Shark. Haraka. Jaber L. Aiden. Jamie Gordon. Jeremy Neal. Next up, it's the J Squad. That's right. Dance troupe within a dance troupe. Here's uh, John. John McCammon. John Minkoff. Josh Fabian. Josh S. That's your J Squad. K&M. Lyman. Mark. Matt Riley, hey Mike Styles, Moju, ND, stop, stop doing the robot ND, we have enough. Neil Bailey, Neil Schaefer, Nick Ralston, Nick H, Patrick Herbst, Holly Poisuo, Rhea, uh, Rhea, come on, the stage is crowded with robots here, I'm dying. Rich Joslin, Timmy Leahy, Toasty Guy, Tom Sekula, Yosarian, Zachary Evans, Zadarfan, and Flamenco dancing for us tonight, it's Matt Cortez, that's Fuck, that's the robot, Matt. God damn it. 